0: hey hey welcome back to chew the bible it's good for an aaron we are slowly making our way through first corinthians almost there almost there you can see the light at the end of the tunnel first corinthians 12 Read now the amplified version the heading for this is the use of spiritual gifts now about the spiritual gifts the special endowments given by the holy spirit brothers and sisters i do not want you to be uninformed <laughs> You know that when you were pagans, you were let off after speechless idols. After, however, you were let off, whether by impulse or habit. Therefore, I want you to know that no one speaking by the power and influence of the Spirit of God can say, Jesus, be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is my Lord, except by the power and influence of the Holy Spirit. Something we always remember, This that's what keeps us humble your desire to even want to obey God and follow Jesus and live right for Him and live under the conviction of the Holy Spirit, it's done by like the Holy Spirit. He chose us before we chose Him. He is the one who empowers us to do anything in the Christian life, so we can't boast in any of our abilities to follow Him. It's something about the grace of God that is empowering me right now to even talk to you all and want to even spend time in the Word of God. And just um, a few years ago, I was wilding out, y'all. I didn't want to have anything to do with God. I was back in the backslidden state. I was fornicating and running away from my responsibilities of being a father and um, paying my child support. I was just, yeah, all that stuff. So, Yeah. Anyway, it's nothing but the grace of God that I'm even here now, talking to y'all on this podcast. Verse four, and I have to always remember that. And the more, I, every time I remind myself of that, um, yeah, I can't even, I can never take credit for any for this podcast. This podcast is even inspired from just having conversations, like I said, with old classmates who I don't even really talk to anymore now um yeah i can't take credit for any of this uh it's all uh, yeah i like to think and feel like it's been influenced by the power um uh, the power of the holy spirit verse forward now there are distinctive varieties of spiritual gifts special abilities given by the grace and extraordinary power of the holy spirit notice he said extraordinary extraordinary power of the holy spirit not just ordinary extraordinary more powerful than superman more powerful than batman more powerful than spider-man fill in whatever more powerful than wonder woman there you go i By the grace and extraordinary power of the Holy Spirit operating in believers, but it is the same Spirit who grants them and empowers believers. Verse 5, And there are distinctive varieties of ministries and service, but it is the same Lord who is served. And there are distinctive ways of working to accomplish things, but it is the same God who produces all things in all believers, inspiring, energizing, and empowering them. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit, the spiritual illumination, and the enabling of the Holy Spirit for the common good. To one is given through the Holy Spirit the power to speak the message of wisdom, and to another the power to express the word of knowledge and understanding according to the same Spirit. To another, wonder-working faith is given by the same Holy Spirit, and to another the extraordinary gifts of healing by the one Spirit. These are all spiritual gifts, y'all. Y'all can go read all the commentary on this. You'll find a lot of interesting stuff on this stuff, too. Verse 10, and to another, the working of miracles, and to another prophecy for telling the future, speaking a new message from God to the people, and to another, discernment of spirits, the ability to distinguish sound, godly doctrine from the deceptive doctrine of man-made religions and cults, to another, various kinds of unknown tongues, and to another, interpretation of tongues, so for those of y'all, um, I personally believe that the gifts of the spirit are for today. They're still in operation today. And I currently go to a church where the the gifts, these gifts, I've seen them in, in operation. Not all of them. I've never actually heard. Anybody in my church currently that speak in tongues that I can remember? I don't think I've ever heard anyone actually speak in tongues. But I do know my the pastor of the church has said that he does speak tongues, like, in his own prayer time. I've never actually talked to them more about, like, about that. I've been in church services. There's, like, a whole belief about when you speak in tongues, like, there should always be an interpretation. I've seen that actually play out at a, an Assemblies of God church called Sheffield uh pastor george westlake i've seen that in operation where somebody said a tongue out loud and then there's somebody there to interpret it anyway that's always very interesting and kind of tricky anyway uh but yeah there are certain churches that don't believe that the gifts of the spirit are for today they're only for that particular period of time so but i just all say so y'all know where i stand i personally believe the gifts are for the day I'm not going to go into a whole lot of my reasons for why other than I think it's church would be kind of boring if they weren't. (laughs) That's my best explanation for it. And there's, it's almost like evidence of these like evidence of that God is at work. Um, Especially when it comes to the gift of prophecy and discernment of spirits, I think more than any time we need those two gifts in operation because in my opinion the gift of prophecy especially when there's like a word of knowledge that pertains to the entire church it kind of gives us the church kind of direction of where the church is headed and where we need to be focused and to be alert and um kind of like in the military they give orders you get orders to go here or there and say wait do this do that um And discerning the spirits because right now there's there's so much mixture especially in the united states of outside influences trying to impact the church so yeah more than ever that's that's a gift that is needed for today anyway all right let's keep going all these things and i grew up in a home it's easy for me to accept this stuff because i grew up in a home and i heard my dad speaking tongues a lot very loudly sometimes it kind of was creepy because my dad would get I don't want to say creepy, but it was very interesting watching. He'd be getting into it. He'd be yelling at the sound like he's yelling at the devil in tongues or something like that. Just loud. Anyway, verse 11 All these things, the gifts, the achievements, the abilities, the empowering are brought about by one and the same Holy Spirit, distributing to each one individually just as he chooses. For just as the body is one and yet has many parts, and all the parts, though many, form only one body. So it is with Christ for by one Holy Spirit, we were all baptized into one body, spiritually transformed, united together, whether Jews or Greeks, Gentiles, slaves or free. And we were all made to drink of one Holy Spirit since the same Holy Spirit fills each life. So, yeah, I'm kind of highlighting a lot of this stuff. It's good stuff. All right. Four. The human body does not consist of one part, but of many limbs and organs. If the foot says, because I am not a hand, I am not a part of the body, it is not, on the contrary, still a part of the body. Is it yes no, and' a question is it not on the contrary still a part of the body? if the ear says because I am not an eye I am not a part of the body is it not on the contrary still still part of the body if the whole body were an eye were where would we be hearing? where would the hearing be if the whole body were an ear where would the sense of smell be but now as things really are God has placed and arranged the parts in the body, Each one of them, just as he willed and saw fit with the best balance of function. If they all were a single organ, where would the rest of the body be? But now, as things really are, there are many parts, different limbs and organs, but a single body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. But quite the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are absolutely necessary ooh the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are absolutely necessary. And as for those parts of the body which we consider less honorable, these we treat with great honor and our less presentable parts are treated with great greater modesty while our more presentable parts do not require it. but God has combined the whole body giving greater honor to that which with that part which lacks it. So there would be no division or discord in the body, that is, lack of adaptation of the parts to each other, but that the parts may have the same concern for one another. This is, at the end of the day, you're just saying in my interpretation, we, every part of the body is important. We all have a role to play, and we shouldn't look at the pastor... Even know the pastor is a very important part of the body of Christ and look at him as more important than the person sitting on the back row of the church. That person in the back row of the church is just as vital as the pastor out there preaching because the person, in the back row of the church is usually going to be sitting next to some people that haven't been to church in a long time and they're usually the ones that are loving and greeting on people and introducing themselves and this and even if they're like especially if they are black. And you got some black visitors at your all-white church. Having that black person sitting on the back row of your church is just as important as the pastor because they are going to be able to reach that person in a way that the pastor can't. they actually reading the sermon of that person in the back row, like how they interact with that person in the back row, and how that person treats them like the greeter who greeted them when they came in. There's all these different people that a person meets before they even sit down at the pew. And they determine whether or not they're even going to come back well first of all even listen to what the pastor have to say with a good heart sometimes if they have a bad experience in the parking lot bad experience with the greeter bad experience in the bathrooms the bathroom is dirty bad experience in the way of dropping their kids off in the children's church or the children's church person was was rude or it was just very disorganized all those things can affect whether or not how that person receives the sermon that the pastor has to give that we hold it with high esteem and are we put on the pedestal, that greeter on the parking lot, that person, the parking lot attendant, the greeter, all them folks, all them folks are just as important as the pastor or the person sitting on the back row of the pew that introduces themselves and says, hi, how are you doing? I'm I'm Aaron. Welcome to Harmony. Oh, where are you from? I've been going, to, and they ask you how long you've been to this church. Like, oh, I've been going to this church for like five years. I love it. You'll love it here. I hope you come back. That has way more power. That is almost just as powerful, if not power, more powerful than the sermon that's given that Sunday. Well, that's how I interpret what Paul is saying here. Every part of the body of Christ plays a role. And yeah, it, we need each other. We this It's important not to try to, like, yeah, the, do not forsake the assembling of, yeah, with others, with the saints. Um. It's good to have, be a part of a local church. <laughs> so anyway, all right, here we go. Now you collectively are Christ's body and individually you are members of it, each with its own special purpose and function. So God has appointed and placed in the church for his own use first apostles chosen by Christ, second prophets, those who foretell the future, those who speak a new message from God to the people, third, teachers, then those who work miracles, and then those with the gifts of healings, the helpers, the administrators, and speakers in various kinds of unknown tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? Do you all have gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? He's asking uh, like a rhetorical question. Uh, basically, like, yeah, of course not. Basically, yeah, some of y'all, not all of y'all have all the gifts. It's okay to only have a, yeah, usually, yeah, there's this whole test that I took. I've taken multiple times about spiritual gifts. We find out what your giftings are. And mine are, what are mine? Evangelism and uh Giving. And great. Or is it grace or mercy? One of the two. I think it's mercy. Showing mercy to people, which is just another thing. Like, it's like empathy. Verse 31. But earnestly desire. It's important to know your gifts. There's different tests you can take online and just ask God. Or a lot of times your gifting will be revealed to you by other people like I've had people actually tell me Aaron you are really good at evangelizing like you have a gift in of it like the people actually say it and that's how you'll know and I'm like oh like I was like I didn't I don't like didn't think of myself as that but yeah and then as you know your gifting you start walking in like you'll get excited by it, you'll love doing it, you'll enjoy doing it it won't be like a burden to you or a chore uh but earnestly desire and strive for the greater gifts if acquiring them is going to be your goal, and yet I will show you a still more excellent way, one of the choicest graces, and the highest of them all, unselfish love. In fact, I was going to call this gift gifts or a body of Christ but I'm just going to call this unselfish love because out of everything that was said in this whole chapter, that's the most important thing. I I think I told y'all when I'm looking for a wife, if that's God's will for me to be remarried again. Um, whoever that person be, I'm looking for somebody that knows how to show unselfish love, that knows how to show unconditional love. So all right, y'all. Thanks for listening. Lord, in the name of Jesus, empower us, To have unselfish love for one another and to operate in our giftings and to not forsake the assembling with the other believers in the body of Christ and to not think of one part of the body more important than the other, but to know that each individual part is just as important as the ones that we tend to hold with high esteem, like the choir members and the pastor and whoever else is in front. The people that are seen, but the unseen folks, like the sound team, is just as important. So all right, Lord, thank you. Thank you, 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 thank you. In Jesus' mighty name I pray, Amen. Romans three twenty-three says, For all have sinned or missed the mark or veered off the path and fallen short of the glory of God or God's perfect standard. Romans six twenty-three says, For the wages of the cost of that sin is death or eternal separation from God. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Romans 5a says, but God demonstrated his love toward us or showed his love toward us in that while we were still yet sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. Romans 10 verse 9 through 10 says that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we will not might be, not maybe, we will be saved. For with our hearts we believe we are now in right standing with God and with our mouths we confess that we are now saved. Lastly, Romans 10 verse 13 says that whosoever, anybody or everybody who calls upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. So if you've never asked Jesus into your heart or you've walked away from him and you would like to rededicate your life to him, you can just simply say, dear God, I know I'm a sinner.